Dice paper roll is made on the traditional lands of the Yagara, Bunurong, and Wurundjeri people. We would like to pay our respects to their elders, past and present. Always was, always will be, Aboriginal land. You were warned. And now you cannot turn back. You entered this realm at your own risk. Your choices here make waves. And those waves crash and grow and reflect, growing more powerful with every pass. There is only one way to escape. You must defeat him. But he is already hunting you. He knows you. He can already taste your soul. Night creeps in, stealing the weak light as the sun limps beyond a horizon cloaked by dark, scudding clouds. The towering Volakovich Manor stands tall above the roofs of Valakai, its long shadow covering the town it rules. The dying light barely illuminates a carriage bumping down the road toward the western gates. The townsfolk scurry back to their homes or the church, seeking safety from the horrors of the night. They rightfully fear what awaits in the shadows. A testament to this fear are the empty houses, their gaping doorways showing interiors bereft of life or laughter. The doors of these empty homes creak and groan in the wind, like the haunted voices of the lost. Haunted voices that whisper, DPR, Curse of Strahd. It was creepy. If the houses are empty, who's making the sounds? Oh, I got the villies. Kind of waiting for someone else to take the intro, but uh, whew, just uh, ended up with a big, long moment silence. New year, new intro. Nope. Uh, <laughs> was, uh, yep, I was taking a moment of silence there for Eddie Maguire's career, um, <laughs> lest we forget. What a proud and historic day. Oh, <laughs> hey, it's episode 21 of Curse of Strahd. Episode, is that right? 21? 
I think it is. 20? Yes. 20? 22? No, 21. 22. 22. Bloody 22. hell. 22. Happy, happy Valentine's Day, everyone. Happy Valentine's happy Day. Happy Valentine's. Oh, happy Valentine's Day to you. Yeah. I couldn't think of anyone I'd rather be spending it with. And I can say that because my girlfriend will not listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> true. Very yes, true. Yes, my, my boyfriend won't listen to it either. Yeah. Will, my... Does, will anyone's partners listen to this? No. Are they spending no. Valentine's yeah. Day together? Yeah. That's <laughs> yeah. why we're spending <laughs> Valentine's Day together. Because Whilst we podcast, they date. Take no interest <laughs> in our activities. <laughs> my partner's like my stuff, just not the nerdy stuff. <laughs> There's a line, you know. <laughs> D&D seems to be over it. Mm, it does. <laughs> Bridge too far. Yeah, apparently. Yes. Yeah. Well, there's a there's a there's a toll at the bridge and a troll underneath the bridge. You'll will get them if you don't pay it. So, mm, and you have to roll a d. You have to role play to get over the bridge. That's the thing. Mm. Ah, well. <laughs> no, not everyone's into that. <laughs> Maybe next year. Yeah, we're not quite up to group role play yet. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, this is uh, dice paper roll, and we're doing Curse of Strahd. If you haven't picked that up already, it's uh, episode twenty-one of a Vampire Two. Adventure. Um, episode 22 of The Vampire Adventure. <laughs> <laughs> episode 21, part two of A Vampire Adventure. <laughs> nice save. And go. <laughs> Seamless. Um, I am Emil, and I play Sonny Bono, who is a sentient sword. He, uh, he, he He's a, actually an energy sword as well. So a lot of the time he just looks like a hilt, and then every now and again, uh, somebody happens to, deigns to tickle his pommel and... All of a sudden, his energy beam is activated, and uh, he also tends to kind of uh, take over people's mind—not in a weird way, just like just you know, um, those of weak will, perhaps, or maybe those who need a bit of excitement in their life and decide to go on a quest, or don't decide because I decide for them because I start to roll, you know, act for them. <laughs> Look, the <laughs> ethics on this—it's a vampire game, okay? So I think the lines. <laughs> Kind of blurred a bit. How much evil is too much evil? That's the question. That's what we'll find out by the end of the season. If How that person dies, do you die? No, 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 no. Just, just their bone. Just their okay, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'm fine. I'm, I've been living for a year. Yeah. <laughs> no fear of death. Death for Sonny. <laughs> yeah, he's currently he's currently uh, um, puppet master to the the carriage the carriage driver, a tall, gangly fella. In oil skins and um, top hat, the top hat's a bit frayed, a bit more frayed than it, and you know, a new one would be. His boots look a little worn, uh, and he's whipping some whipping some old nags who look a little bit worse for wear. Upon closer inspection, the carriage is a bit rickety, a bit weather blown, and a bit wormwood ravaged. Put that in the mm. And that's me. Greg will use that later. On to the next character. Uh, my name is Ben, and I play Ragyog, the Goblin Cleric of Lathander. And Ragyog is seated in the seated in the back of this carriage. Um, when standing, about three and a half feet tall, little squat, round, flat face with an underbite and and little fangs that jut up. Um, usually pretty droopy features, big round eyes and droopy eyelids. But um, was savaged by a werewolf uh, about. 
24 hours or so ago. Um, it It's really shaken him um, and he did a, a bit of a bodge job of, of healing himself and now it's kind of left a scar on his right eye and, and his mouth that kind of makes it look like he's a bit happy and smiling. <laughs> and trust me, he's not. Um, he's got a long matted, greasy, black, thin hair that hangs out of what was a dirty cloth skull cap, but in the background shopping that Greg instructed we do, uh, Ragyog got his skull cap clean. Off-screen shopping trip. Yeah, off-screen shopping trip. And mm. it and it's actually looks more now like a little swimming cap, which he's gotten some of the dirt and shit out and he's able to tie it down around his face because he's ashamed of his scars. <laughs> You're um, like a babush- babushka kind of yeah, cloth yeah. around your chin. Is You've got a yeah. bonnet on. It's yeah. a converted child's bonnet. Yeah, and yeah. it's in the colours of Lathander, which are gold and, and rose and violet and there's a little oh. sun on the centre of the forehead. Um, but also going with the covering up the scars theme, he's gotten a, a pair of sunglasses um, just to cover up, um, and <laughs> he found a handy traveling companion called the the friendless traveler, which is uh, you know Ragyog used to be a tour guide and running. Sorry, was that your nickname or? <laughs> yes, yeah, it's a it was a partnership, a business partnership I had when I was a tour guide. <laughs> I knew who to come to to get a, a tour guide book for the region. Oh yeah, how was um, business? <laughs> Yeah, it's pretty popping. <laughs> oh, it's going on. Come for tourism tours with the friendless traveler. You'll have a good <laughs> <Yeah>. time, guaranteed. <laughs> He's super chatty, by the way. Yeah. Um, Ragyog's currently got that open on the back seat of the carriage uh, with his glasses up. And um, he's run out of his bugs that he used to. Uh, eat out of the jar so he's replaced the the bugs and the jar is full of um garlic breath mints uh-huh. mm-hmm. <laughs> uh-huh. do, they, do they do a roaring trade back in uh what town we were in just in well no i i was in the, the friendless yeah. traveler it said that uh that vampires don't like garlic so ragyog is prepared motherfuckers um, yeah, no, nobody else is for the for that within their vicinity. <laughs> no, <laughs> um, they're they're really tasty guys. Um, Ragyog has a growing sense. He didn't like becoming a cleric. I don't think. Um, well, no, he didn't. I know he didn't because he's my character. But he's growing to like it, and <laughs> he's growing in power. And Lathander uh, does not like the undead. So or Ragyog. Ragyog's on a mission. <laughs> well. The Thunder loves me. Uh, Strahd's got to go. Somebody has to. <laughs> it is Valentine's Day. Yeah. <laughs> I've also got a rose in my inner pocket of my vest that I gave myself. Yeah. In a, in a prayer Aww. to your God, in a prayer to your God on Valentine's Day, do you make a little, you know, do you a little, have a little, do you say a little tender, have a little tender moment with your God? Oh, the Thunder. Praise be to you on this blessed day of loving one another and and may your love shine down on all the lonely souls who follow you, but mostly me. Amen. <laughs> now what are you wearing? Message red. <laughs> Message red. <laughs> Message seen. <laughs> are the three dots coming back? <laughs> no. no. No, they start and then they... They immediately stop. <laughs> then they disappear. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, oh. Um, oh. yeah everything you'll about Ragyog. You'll get a gif in the morning. <laughs> 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 that is just um, uh, old mate from 
Brooklyn Nine Nine going cool, 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 cool. That's me. <laughs> I'm Dan. I play Hans von Such and Such of the Such and Such family. Um, Hans has a ever-expanding backstory. Um, I'm constantly writing more and more uh, to add to his uh, family lineage. Um, but Hans, for those who don't know, is a half-orc blood hunter. So he's kind of um, gone for a bit of a Van Helsing kind of vibe. Uh, he's fully decked out in uh, very tight-fitting leather um, there's lots of buckles all over his, uh, torso and on his arms and there's no need for these buckles and they're kind of weird, but they're there and they look cool. Uh, he has a big leather hat and a leather cape, um, and a new, uh, shiny silvered scimitar that sits at his side, Ooh. uh, from our off-screen shopping that had no discernible, um, uh, you know, uh, how much we could spend. So he's gone with the silvered scimitar. Now um, you've said it, it's canon. Damn it, I didn't it's know you canon. could do that. <laughs> we never clarified that before, but we tried having the conversation and now it's in. The shopkeeper was like, <laughs> it is definitely an ornamental sword. You should definitely not use this in combat. Under no circumstances is this to be used in any sort of fight. This this is just a prop. It will shatter in two hang seconds. Hang on wall, maybe, maybe. That's it. Unless, actually, you hit it. another sword, it break, okay? It's not good. It's pl- honestly, pl- plaster of Paris underneath. That's what it is. I love this sword. I'm going to use it everywhere it I go. It is a retractable blade. Due to budgetary cutbacks, we've had to um, appoint Peter as a various NPC. So you may see him pop up <laughs> here and there, selling wares or doing various other jobs. Just Fantastic. Quick heads up. I, I always flashbacks. thought he was the work experience vampire anyway, right? <laughs> yeah, he's on rotation. He's yeah, on rotation. Yeah. We don't pay he did the counting. Now, now he's selling wares. Hey, you try working as a vampire in the gig economy. It's not so easy. You take the work where it is. This is not Peter's introduction. Fuck off, Peter. Honestly, I changed my voice. Letter, letter opening only. Um, <laughs> but Hans originally came across the party in search of his uh, half-brother, Bertrand, who went missing within the first couple of episodes um, <laughs> and stumbled across a merry band of travellers, adventurers, who had seen Bertrand and then promptly forgotten where they had seen him. Uh, so in hopes of finding his half-brother, has joined the party and I have a feeling he will never find his brother's whereabouts. Yeah. Um, but also he has been under the spell of that devilishly good-looking Strad. He has been charmed and some would say it's a curse, but... Not Hans. No. Hans is really enjoying his time with um, Old Man Nightshade. DPR uh, does Charm of Strah. Seeing that this is uh, Valentine's Day. Yeah. This is uh, going to get hot and steamy. You strap yourself in. Um, but yes, he is charmed and is currently trying to plot his way to stealing Irina and bringing her back to the vampire 
Strad. Um, so, you know, still working away. But at the moment, he's kind of just like he, he overstepped. He's kind of stepped back a little bit. He's just trying to be everyone's, you know, cool friend. So welcome to Hans's story. <laughs> Hans has got about 36 hours of charm left on him too. He's got a, got a fair way to go before he's out from under that. Oh, it's Strahd's a hell of a guy. Mm-mm. Oh, you what don't have ledge. to tell me. <laughs> <laughs> um, my name's Lauren, and I am playing two characters because I am twice as talented as everybody else. Um, <laughs> no, that's a big lie. I had to just wanted to bulk out the cast, uh, also due to budget cuts. Hey, hey, so? twice, twice as talented as most of us. Come on. Yeah, okay. No. <laughs> uh, so she is playing. She is me. I'm playing. Where's my third person at? So, <laughs> I'm also playing Lauren. <laughs> <laughs> Give it to characters. She thinks she's God. Oh, God. I'm getting confused already. Uh, but the first character is a Pumia Phosphine, or you can call her Mo. She is currently uh, hitched underneath the carriage, um, but she's found a little nook where she's just kind of like chilling out underneath in the carriage. She doesn't have to hold on anymore, but she kind of likes it down there, um, despite it's kind of quite bumpy or whatever, but she uh, prefers uh, in, in this circumstance not to be seen. Um, and she's kind of away with the fairies, actually. She's kind of been in a bit of a, a trance from all the, you know, the bibbing and bobbing of the carriage. Is kind of um, kind of like when you have carriage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, how are, how are her um... handholds given the wormwood? You know. Wormwood. Well, yeah, she was like kind of strapped in, and then she sort of found like a way that she can just sort of lie on the side of one of the planks of wood that's uh, between the front and the back wheels. So. Mm. She's uh, classic, just classic cart design. Put herself in a little nook <laughs> under there, <laughs> basically, so she can like it's, it's like turbulence. She's kind of it's made her feel a bit sort of sleepy, um, and she's just sort of caught up in a bit of a daydream uh, about. Um, she's just sort of thinking back to things right before she even met any of these people and came to these lands. Uh, she had a best friend called Joe. It was Joe and Mo. Um, and her and Joe actually were a vaudeville duo. Um, and we used to do show tunes and they, that's what we called it was, uh, Mo and Joe's show. And, um, <laughs> and we Down used at to, the Kokomo? yeah, it was the Kokomo, which was a boat in a, on a moat. Did it flow? A floating boat in a moat called the Kokomo where Joe and Mo would do their show. The Mo Joe um, show. And one Gee, I gotta go. Oh, it's here wow. in the in the Friendless Travelers Guide, guys. It's got <laughs> it's got six and a half skulls. Um but uh but Joe died. Can you give uh, us a blow Joe by drowned. blow? Oh sorry. <laughs> um Joe did a lot of blow that night and fell oh, no. overboard. <laughs> Oh no! Um, oh no! Yes. <laughs> and since then, Mo has tried to find a new partner in crime, but no one could do the box step the same way that oh, uh, Joe could. And she is actually very afraid of, of friends. Um, and uh, 
sort of through the time has kind of felt like these guys have warmed the cockles of her heart, but she still keeps it very guarded um, and sort of that's why she likes partying so much. She kind of likes losing herself in a crowd of people because then she doesn't feel alone. Um, so she wears her little bowler hat, which she got a shine on, but not too much shine because it is a steampunk and it still needs to look old. So got a little brass copper shine on that. Um, and it's sitting on top of her head. She has like a, quite a small kind of pixie look, looking face. Um, her hair, she cuts herself. Um, but through when we did our off screen shopping, Irina took her to get a haircut and now she's got like a cool kind of mullet sort of shaggy look. <laughs> which she really likes. Got a little shampoo and a cut and colour. Letting it flow. Oh, <laughs> nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and her, her clothes are like a, uh, it's just kind of layered different kinds of clothes on top of each other, like a half a shirt here, a, a fingerless glove there uh, to create the illusion of uh, many different layers of clothing on her. But um, just to kind of, you know, really push forward the fact that she needs to conceal herself with many layers, much like an onion. Um, I don't want to call that uh, look so the Johnny Depp anymore, but it's kind of the Johnny Depp, right? Much like an it's onion. It's kind of a Johnny Depp look. Yeah, yeah. The mm. layers, it makes you cry. Yes, it doesn't smell it like does. onion. Oh, yeah. I mean, it smells like garlic because she's sitting near you. Mm. So. Yeah, I like the yeah, half yeah. a shirt. I I just can I just kind of visualized it as like one actual half of a buttoned-up shirt. So there's only one side that was completely. Anyways, that's true. She does have a new breastplate as well, um, courtesy of Irina. Mm-hmm. So she's actually leveled up her armor class. Thank fuck for that. She's uh, probably going to need that. It's a it's a mithril oh. breastplate. Oh. Oh. Very nice. Ooh, Which is fancy. really fancy. She felt sort of a little bit self-conscious buying it again, but Irina was uh, very nice and insisted uh, that she did that. Um, and they had the little spa very day together. It was a little girl's character. day. <laughs> <laughs> hanging out, getting did another. Did she pay for it as well? Oh. Yeah, that- she did, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That's nice. Can it? Mm. Can it? that noble treat- money. <laughs> it's that treat yourself episode. <laughs> So she's bobbing along under the carriage thinking about her dead friend. A little tear escapes from her cheek, but she wipes it away with one of her rags and is really glad no one saw that. Meanwhile, upstairs in the uh, – I'll keep the other one shorter. Uh, Irina Ivanovich, (laughs) the daughter of the Burgermeister, is looking out the window uh, in the carriage, um, taking up prime position – um, she's a noble woman uh, who also, also has a lot of tragedy in her life. See our previous episodes and work for that backstory. Um, but she has growing <laughs> powers. She can do things with fire. Um, she's pretty scared of Strahd. Uh, there's a lot of turmoil within her. She has strange dreams. She doesn't know what it means. She's spent a lot of time in a lot of blank space in her mind when she was a child. She couldn't remember things. Which makes her not want to trust her own instincts um, and therefore she does trust others a lot more than she trusts herself. Um, but if that is a good thing or a bad thing, I guess the time will tell. Um, she has long, glossy uh, black hair, um, the clothes of a noble woman, refined, uh, gold-tailored, um, um, beautiful uh, she herself is kind of pinched in the face. She's she's young, but she's seen a lot, and it's right there. She's like one of those people that have come back from war. Um, she could be beautiful, but she's just too traumatized. Um, 
but Ooh, there is well, a small fire of strength within her. Lauren, and those her are the people I'll be playing. Her backstory may not have been rhyming, but I am no less invested. So, you know, you can play as many characters you <laughs> want as far as I'm concerned. That's rich Amazing. and vivid. A tapestry. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> um, and I am playing, I, Jack, am playing uh, Louise, who is currently sitting on the back of the carriage looking out. It's it's kind of lightly uh, raining, and little droplets of of rain are, are hitting the the outer shell of what looks like a diving bell suit. Um, and uh, you can see on her back there's a big shield, and if the camera was to zoom in closer, you would see a hammer and sickle in as an insignia on the front of of the shield and uh she um lightly polishes the hammer that she uses in combat uh while she stares out as the countryside moves away from her um and she thinks of uh what she came here for and her her thoughts wander of class struggle and and the the fight of the working class to overthrow the ruling class the um the way that uh that vampires are a representation of all landlords and <laughs> the <laughs> the the oh, systemic bougie vampires <laughs> The systemic wealth that is built built up in in these landholders who have never had to pay taxes. I bet they don't pay legacy tax either. Yeah, no, they don't. There's no there's no death tax because they don't fucking die. (laughs) 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 When you have a leaky sink or something, though, you don't want them to come and fix it because then you invite them into your house and it's all over. Mm. So they 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 they're bad at doing working class jobs. Um, and, and, and it's just, they do like a white collar vampires, don't they? (laughs) (laughs) Um, blood shows up better on white than red. It just fills her fishy eyes with rage. Um, (laughs) yeah, you haven't got to the fact that she's a fish yet. Yeah. So (laughs) when the, when the camera swings around looking or it cuts and it, it's a close up of her face (laughs) and, and. Full, is it a fish full camera, full camera yeah. shot, just fish face, um, and and is not this in just scale. I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, because nah. on, the, on the IMAX, it's very big. It's and it's uncomfortable. There's, it's very fishy. I got a nineteen on that joke, so you know. <laughs> <laughs> Look who's laughing now. Um, uh. And uh, the. Um, she thinks of her friends who are variously strewn across the cabbage. I mean, carriage, <laughs> uh, which I guess she calls a cabbage. Um, um, uh, and uh, and she's thinking, "Am I actually good at this communism thing?" Well, what did she do on? What did Louise do on the on the 
a capitalist heavy shopping episode of off screen that happened. Um, she, 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 she in, oh yeah. So uh, in, she, uh, she was very uncomfortable with the whole thing. So she decided to share her, her, her spoils with her Rag Yog. Right on. Yeah. Her wealth, uh, with Rag Yog and they, they bought a, a flask of holy water, um, which yeah, I found she a, things might come in handy. How long did you haggle for? She didn't. She thought that the what? she no, she didn't because she thought that the 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 guy behind the counter was uh was getting exploited by the 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 workers up the the boss upstairs. Um, and, and and Rag Ragyog didn't mind so much because he found like two hundred silver in his pocket that he could have sworn he gave to the burgomaster, but it was there for some reason. Yeah, <laughs> and the shopkeeper was just the count counting all the extra money he got from you. One. Three. Thank you, Peter. Time's up. Gold. I didn't need to. Uh, I shall go on. Four. <laughs> um, no, but you know, she's she thinks that markets can still exist under communism, but uh, just <laughs> Capital and capital capitalizing on the exploitation of workers is very uncomfortable. But you know she's figuring it out. She's like like chapter three of Capital, and I mean Crabital, and it, it, you know she's working her way through. Um, yeah. Is that the end of your introduction? Yeah, that's the end of my introduction. That's pretty much the episode. Hey. Yeah, it fades to black and white on, on the shot of the fish woman. The camera pans right back. You see the. The, the, the not one of those reverse diving episodes. suit filled with water and the fish in the front of the, the helmet glass thing and it says Finn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> what, did I, what did I roll on that? Let me see. What did I roll on that? Get out. Uh, uh, that was that one. Was, 14? Roll a 14. Yeah, 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 that was about yeah. a 14. About of a representative. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I can yeah. see that you rolled a 14. I got a notification. Yeah, so can I. Yeah, well, you know. Wow, what? not, not cheating new. the rolls, not cheating the dice. <laughs> should we should we mention the fact that we have children with us as well? I just think we should start them? playing because it's been half an hour and we haven't done anything. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just checking the cannon. That's all. I'm just checking the cannon. Are the kids in the yeah, cannon? Or? <laughs> I'll talk about the I'll talk about the kids. Sure, I'll, I play them. I guess my name is Greg Pickering, and I am the dungeon master for DPR Does Curse of Stride, and I play everybody else, including uh, Freak and Myrtle, uh, the two children that have been adopted by Irina. So uh, Freak is is. Uh, I think it's fair to say at this point that she's been adopted. They've been adopted by the party a little bit. You know, mm. Let's not leave all the uh, all the child rearing to the one of two female characters, one of three female characters. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> hey, yeah, that's a that's a great point. Uh, although I, I will point out that Irene is the only character really to interact in any meaningful way. <laughs> <I don't>, <laughs> uh, <laughs> excuse wrong. me, Hans had a good chat with Myrtle by the fire. <laughs> I'm a sword, and and I was picked up by Freak, and I, you know. I took over. Yes, his, you his you body. possessed the shit. I possessed out of the him. shit out of that kid for a while. So both yeah. excellent examples, gentlemen. Very well done. You know, uh, thank you. Great examples of uh, scaring and uh, taking over the minds of children. So uh, <laughs> good consensual. Um, Freak and Myrtle uh, seem to have, have uh, grown in um, in maturity uh, over the 
only a few days that they, they've been with the, the party. Uh, they both have uh, mousy brown hair and brown eyes and uh, the, the pale uh, skin of, of Barovians as, as this uh, very little son. Uh, and uh, they're very happy to, to be with you. They've, they've never eaten so well or, um, or been so happy, been, um, been so safe or felt so safe in all their lives. And they are sitting up the, the front of uh, this magnificent uh, stretch carriage uh, that you are riding through town, pulled by four of the Burgomaster's finest horses. No, they're nags, remember? My introduction. Yeah, no, they are Listen, also come on. the only four horses that the Burgomaster has. So they're old and uh, slightly knackered. Uh, so they're <laughs> they're pulling the uh, the the very heavy stretch carriage, which is um, been painted black and gilt, uh, and uh, is has, has very uh, curly, sort of gross um, fluting on the outside, uh, and. Um, while it's been painted up to look good, it's it's actually a, a creaking um, wormwood mess, uh, which it's wormwood. Uh, it also has along, worm, which is the worrying thing. Which yes, wormwood and wood like it's a match made in heaven, <laughs> being that it's the end of time for the for the wood. Uh, so yeah, it creaks and and bumps along the cobbles as it's heading uh, out of town to the west. And because the stockyard is is to the east, you have to do the the full journey uh, through town. Now, um, I believe Sunny, you are driving the the carriage. Yeah, you the- got up and put your sunglasses on as as yep. uh, dusk set in, and and night is drawing in, and um, the towns townsfolk are um, are quickly heading to their homes. And and as you're driving that carriage, those old nags are um, they're hard headed. They're they're not uh, cooperating. Can you give me an animal handling check? Okay, please, the, uh, the, the coachman pulls up uh, at at a trough and starts to water the horses. And it'll only be a moment, everyone. Just uh, got to give these nags a little bit of a rest. And then he looks around a bit as he's kind of going up with a brush and kind of brushing the horses a little bit, he's giving them a bit of water. He, he reaches into a, his, his, his coat pocket and pulls out a little bag of powder. And looks left and looks right and leans forward and bit of bit of sugar for you and he gives he gives he he puts the horse's front left horse's nose in the bag of powder. Here you go, Clag boy. Come on and Clag the horse. His nostrils run with water, but he dips his snout. Fero- uh, ferociously and, and, and greedily into the bag of mysterious white powder and snorts a big hoof load of it. Um, we forgot Sunny to proceed. mention that, that Sonny bought a, a big bag of booger sugar for horses <laughs> in a shopping cart. Of horse, oh, horse nip. <laughs> While he's at it, he pulls out a little sponge from his rucksack that's like, it's got dyed. Now he, he goes through the coachman's rucksack and finds a sponge that's got like paint, black paint on it. He, he, he touches up a bit of the paint on the sides of the horses where they start to <laughs> wear off because of the sweat. Yeah, because they've been painted to look better. Yeah. Great. Yeah. How did the what, animal handling what, check go, one by actually, the way? One of, the, <laughs> one of them's actually, one of them's actually a cow. <laughs> <laughs> 
That's a, that's a 16 on the dice. Oh, hey. You do all of those things. That's amazing. He takes a little, yeah. he takes a little snifter for himself. His, um, his flare pants flap in the breeze as he whips the horses into a frenzy and, and sets them on their way again. Oh, brilliant. And, and as the carriage takes off, um, it bumps uh, out again and um, and mow underneath on the the, the board um, that exists on all carriages between the front and uh, rear axle. It's called uh, the stove. Where she's, the stove, the stove board. Um, the it, it creaks and the most <laughs> Um And you, you're sort of broken from your reverie for a second. And as you do, you look across um, and you see the the bulbous nose of uh, that um, shifty bloke who tried to sell you a a map, and he's also stowed on the other stowboard on the other <laughs> side. And as you see him, he's like, "Oh fuck, made me again!" And he rolls off and just falls out under the um, the carriage, and the the carriage bumps down um, through the the gloomy town um, and towards the the western gates. And as it approaches. You see the guards hurrying to to open the gates for the approaching uh, burgomaster's carriage, and uh, on the the right of the gates stands an old uh, an old uh, church, a, a church of Lathander. It's um, it's a, a a dilapidated and broken down old building. Um, it's slouching, centuries-old stone, has a bulging steeple in the back and walls lined with cracked stained glass windows depicting pious saints. And there's a fence of wrought iron which encloses a garden of gravestones next to the church. And there's like a thin a thin uh, mist that seems to sit on the ground around the gravestones. And uh, light, warm light spills out uh, from the church through all the windows and uh, it paints the nearby buildings with colours through the stained glass. And you can see inside there are a number of, of torches lit and a, a group of um, uh, of townsfolk. Is it folk. not full yet, sorry? Yeah, it's it's late. It's it's very close to full dark. Um, so the the sun this, it is behind clouds on the horizon, but only only like a, a, a thin sliver of, of light. But, well, um, Jack got us going touches. with the camera. I mean, for the sake of the camera, it'd be better if this was like magic hour, like golden hour. I'm just saying. If we're it, still, uh, if yeah, we're still going with the visuals and we're using like a 4K, <laughs> maybe 80 millimeter lens, maybe pull back for a wide shot. and Which is great for a podcast, really, isn't it? Yeah, yeah just saying, really. Just saying, if you set it well, during magic hour, budget. we're all going to look fucking hot. And yeah. it is yeah. Valentine's Day. I mean, is that? This yeah, could be right. a first episode. <laughs> DPR Curse of Strad, episode 22. DPR Thirsty. does Thirst of Strad. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I'm there's so a group of villagers this. inside the church who are, um, are huddling together and they're, they're holding each other in a, um, they're in a circle. They've all got their arms around each other. And the, there's um, the sounds of a hymn like a, a verse of a hymn, a snatch of a hymn uh, floats out uh, of the, the church um, and reaches your ears. Oh. And um, oh, I, I know this one. It, it, oh, it's one of my favourites. Do you want to? I love gospel. Do you want to join in? And me as a, me as a, join me as a in, middle-aged white man, I tell you, I was one of the best proponents of gospel you've but, ever seen. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, I, I pull out my little... Uh, Bible of Lathander, and I hand it through the window up to <laughs> up to uh, Bill Acker Sonny Bono. Acker Bill, yeah, it's, 
It's him number uh, 1,782. There you go. And I give it to him on the page and I start singing along. What the fuck is that? <laughs> oh, they're really big into oh, flutes in the... Uh... It's got jazz flute. Mm. Yes. <laughs> yeah, there's a church band in there. It's, it's going off. Yeah. Uh, hey, what, is the, what are the words of the hymn uh, sound like? This... Yeah, it's, it's all uh, African. I'll, I'll translate for you, everyone, what it means. Uh, they're saying, uh, oh, Lathander, Lord of Morning, in your light, we we sing your praise. Uh, oh, Lathander, morning glory, uh, by, by, by your strength, we will be saved. Morning glory, uh, what's... The story, um, cloak, cloak us in your healing glaze. I mean, gaze. <laughs> and mercifully, as the carriage rolls past, uh, the, the church moves away uh, behind you. Um, you could also uh, see that there was a, um, a, a, a very overweight priest um, out the front um, who looked uh, quizzically at the carriage as it, as it rode past. And there's also like a super creepy dude just digging graves in the graveyard. Um, really big, muscular, sort of hulking guy, but the, like his head is like forward on his shoulders and he he looked and uh, he looks up and he has a, a, a very – uh, jet black hair, which is in a in an emo fringe over his eyes, and he he flicks it out of the way and glares at the the carriage as it as it rolls past. Um, and Hans gives him the thumbs up as we, as we go <laughs> by the camera. <laughs> Irina gives him the finger. <laughs> you can do it, buddy. Uh, he flicks a shovel full Get of dirt after emo the carriage, fringe, man. <laughs> Um, the camera goes back to the grave digger guy. Hey, it's me. It's it's, it's Vladimir Peter. in a big muscle suit. It's Peter. <laughs> Peter. It's Peter. <laughs> of course, it's Peter. In a muscle suit. Um, yeah. The camera cuts to Louise, who <laughs> folds quickly folds a copy of the Communist Manifesto into a paper plane and throws it off the off the back of the carriage in the general direction of the of the grave digger. Thunk! It smacks him in the head. He falls into the grave. And the <laughs> and the, the shovel falls down and goes clong. <laughs> Those deadly what paper plates. <laughs> it, it stabs him right in the eyes like oh. <laughs> oh everyone like in the carriage like really quickly like just looks straight forward. <laughs> Like stops looking in that direction and just like clasps their hands Plausible really deniably. tightly. Uh. <laughs> Eyes forward, everybody. <laughs> the carriage just bumps over the cobblestones, through the gates, and and onto the the dirt road that leads out uh, to the west of um, of Valakai, um, and it quickly finds uh, the ruts in the road and 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 rolls along um, into the night, uh, into the growing darkness, and the forest outside the town quickly um, grows thick and and encroaches on the roadway, the branches of the nearby trees crisscrossing above you to create a, a tunnel of, of leaves and branches as the, the carriage rolls on uh, into the night. Um, and whilst 
old um, now that they've been pepped up. These uh, ho- three horses and a cow uh, make great time um, <laughs> down the dirt road. Um, and the, as the carriage bumps along, you're all able to um, sit back and, and take some real rest. Um, uh, you're able to, to recharge your batteries. It, are you dry? Are you going to drive through the night, Mr. Mr. Sunny? Says Freak. I mean, if I get exhausted, I can just ditch the character, right? And move on to another one. You guys can pick me up. That's the good thing about this non-consensual possession. (laughs) (laughs) Do do swords sleep? Do you ever sleep? Do swords sleep? I mean, if you get lodged in a stone, then you take the time to rest. But aside from that, I like to stay sharp. <laughs> oh, there it is. Oh, you're funny, Mr. Sonny. Um, and as the... Um, Meanwhile, the camera cuts <laughs> to Ragyog, who's found the piano in the carriage, and he stops playing. <laughs> <laughs> Which also has wormwood. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, just another one of Lathander's teams there. <laughs> it's really ominous. It doesn't sound quite so uplifting. No, it's, uh, it's more of a mood setter, I thought. Yeah, all right. <laughs> but I'm fucking jonesing for a nap. Good night. Now play classical gas. <laughs> okay. Uh, <laughs> Uh, and as Ragyog plays everyone to sleep on the pipe organ that's lodged in the back of the, <laughs> the carriage, um, you, you ride off into the night towards uh, to the west um, through through the woods and um, through the night, Sunny, you occasionally spot um, a, a raven uh, circling high overhead. Uh, uh, seems to be following um, the carriage and, and you all once more. It's lucky, as it's, it's lucky these ravens keep flying in front of the moon. Otherwise, I think I'd struggle to see them in the dark. Um, and as the, the carriage uh, bumps down the road, um, I think that's a good place to end episode 22, the intro episode. Uh, the 33 minutes of intro episode of DPR does curse of strife. You asked for it. It was a flashback episode. Uh, we were padding. Correct. They, che- they cheated us with cutaways and using episode old episode bits <laughs> <laughs> I hate it when they do that <laughs> <laughs>